Welcome to the Real Storytellers Podcast. I'm your host, Nikki, and this is episode 106. On today's episode, we're going to talk about the public school system and how broken it really is. I have had many experiences with the public school system, and I don't mind sharing them at all. And also, we're going to discuss the students that are falling through the cracks. Let's go. Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. So this episode is pretty much a part two from my episode 102 that I had discussed previously about my son's case with the school district. So for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, I'm just going to give a quick overview of my episode 102. It was about the lack of accountability. My son has autism, pretty severe. He was in an ALE classroom in special education, and his teachers pretty much failed him. Um, The teacher and the assistant were caught talking bad about me in front of him. They were mocking him. They were pretty much verbally abusing him. I mean, there's no way to sugarcoat that. And the whole reason how it got brought up is because I called them out on some things that were not right because I was a substitute teacher in that school and I was subbing in the other ALE unit at the time. And I started noticing a lot of things that were not right, like I said, about them not going to their electives, about them being secluded, about the teacher lying about my son meeting his goals when they weren't doing anything in that classroom. And they were pretty much not even babysitting. That's even a a nicer term of putting it. Um, Because of all of that, I had called them out on it in ARD meetings. I reported them and I put a recording device in my son's backpack. Now, there's different laws in different states, so I'm not telling everyone to go and do that to (laughs) see if their children are being treated properly. But the fact that I even had to do that, that I felt the need to do that, spoke volumes. And I don't feel like enough was done about it. Yes, they offered my son compensatory services. Um, Like I said, he wasn't meeting his goals and I was being lied to about him meeting his goals. The teacher just, she just was not telling me the truth about anything. And I felt very betrayed in a lot of ways, even on a personal level, because I trusted her. I trusted her. I trusted her assistant. They would act real nice, friendly to my face, but behind my back was another story. And their true feelings came out in this audio device that I had put in my son's backpack. So when I heard everything that happened, I just felt sick to my stomach. I got angry. I pulled my son out. He got moved to the different class. Well, the class that I was originally substituting in. So I had to get moved. It was just a mess. And I mean, ARD meetings later, um, I hired an advocate. I actually had to drop my classes at the time because I was actually um, going to school as well. It was just mentally draining. And I don't wish that on anyone. It was just exhausting. It was a fight for everything. I was being lied to then to top it off, to give them the compensatory services and the one-on-one aid, 
and the extended school services that they were offering after everything, they were trying to make it as if it was because I had pulled them out early. And yes, I had pulled them out about a month early before school let out due to him being, or I didn't want him around his abusers and he was going to have to be around them and face them. And they were not apologetic. In fact, they never really owned up to anything other than, um, I'm sorry for venting in front of him. That was the only sorry that I got. And nobody checked on him toward the end of the year. He didn't get no eighth grade certificate, nothing. So with all that being said, and all that mess that happened, it was a huge eye opener for me. Huge. Because there were so many people that knew what was going on around him and knew what was going on in that classroom. And the fact that nobody stepped up and said anything and let this behavior go on is appalling. And when I caught on to things, it bothered me so bad that nobody spoke up. These kids deserve better. They deserve to be pushed a little in the sense of some of them were high functioning. They needed to be challenged and they were not being challenged. There's just so many things that were wrong. So before I get into the SPED department of it, I'm also going to talk about the gen ed department of it. Because me being a substitute teacher in middle school and in elementary, I saw a lot of things. Um, And not just from the teachers and the school system, the principal, that was a part of it. But I will definitely say, I think it has a lot to do with COVID. During the COVID period, as you know, there was a lack of structure, maybe not in everybody's home, but just with the kids. It was an easy way to not get online, not do your work. There was so much going on during that time. And there was a lot of kids not bothering with it. A lot of kids fell behind. Like I said, there was a lack of structure. Something happened where they don't have the the respect for authority. Not for the teachers, not for the substitute teachers, not for the principals, not for anyone. And I will say that starts at home. And I hate saying that because I'm not trying to bash parents. I know how difficult it is. I'm a parent myself. I know how hard it is to balance school, work, being a parent, getting dinner on the table, you know, sending your kids to bed, trying to juggle it all. It's a lot. And I don't say that lightly. So on top of that, you know, you're expected to work with your kid, you know, look at emails to see if they're missing any work. I know everything's done through the computer now. It's not old school where the teacher has to personally call. And sometimes they do for many reasons. But I will say there has been such a lack of respect for authority for a long time. But I feel like it's getting worse every year. And I say that because I've been subbing for quite some time. And I even before I was subbing, I was a very involved parent. So I was always at the school volunteering, doing things like that. And I was always kind of shocked how many of the parents 
I wouldn't say didn't care, but were not very present. And when a teacher needed to, you know, call the parents or anything like that, half of them wouldn't even answer. Some would answer, but some didn't handle it and didn't um, take care of it. And even down to the whole cell phone business in schools, kids have cell phones all the time. And a lot of teachers will say, hey, you got to put your cell phone away. This is learning time. And guess what? Kids say, well, I, I need my phone. You know, like they will fight. And then the parent will come to the school and I've seen this and say, well, my kid needs to have the phone, their phone on in case they need to get a hold of me. Now, back in the day, well, okay, I grew up when there wasn't cell phones even popular like that. You know, I graduated in the early 2000s. So <laughs> cell phones didn't really come in the mix yet until I was already almost graduating. But now it's just such a norm. And now with social media influencing, that has a lot to do with it too. But I will say that, like I said, there's just a lack of structure and a lack of respect for authority. Now, that's not everybody because I have seen some really great kids that have a good, I guess, home life, a balanced home life with parents present. Parents want to know what they're doing, but there's so many parents that don't, aren't, or they're not paying attention. I won't even say that parents don't care. I feel like it's just they're not paying attention to what's going on. And, you know, if you're a kid, of course, you're going to say you had an okay day, you had a good day, or it was the teacher's fault. <laughs> However, I will also say this. One time I was subbing in an eighth grade classroom and I didn't realize I had, I had taken the job. I didn't realize it was a behavioral challenged classroom until I was already there. And I had read a note that the teacher had left on the desk for me as a sub. And what she said was pretty appalling. She already, in the beginning of her note to me, she already apologized. I'm sorry that you have to sub this class. And I want to let you know, keep an eye on your stuff. They steal, lock it up. There's um, a lock and key in the bottom drawer. She told me about her lock. And she said, make sure they don't touch anything on my desk. They do steal. And then she apologized again. And she says, if you need help, get an admin. Wow. Well, I was already like, geez, what did I get myself into? Like, what am I in for? Then the students come. Sure enough, their behavioral, uh, they have some behavioral problems. Not all of them. Some of them were, some of them were loud, some of them were obnoxious. And that's fine. I, I'm easygoing. To me, let's just do the work. Let's go. You need help. I'm here to help you. At the same time, don't disrupt others. That's pretty much how I work. So during this time, one of the kids made a disrespectful comment to me. I won't say what he said, but it was disrespectful. So another teacher, I guess, heard them being loud and came to help me. And the teacher said, yeah, well, usually we just let them do what they want, as long as they don't get too loud. If anything, if you have any problems with any of them, just send them to the office and they can do their work in the office. 
So that told me they run this classroom. A teacher doesn't run it. They end up doing what they want at the end of the day, even if they're disrespectful. Oh, and most of them are already like, you know, they're they're cursing loud. They're they're being, you know, saying vulgar things to each other, to the teacher. And so that told me the kids run the class. They do what they want. They don't need to do their work. And they're allowed to do that. And if I have any problems, well, they'll just go to the office, probably lay their head down as one kid told me. And that's that. So there goes problem number two. So like I said, problem number one starts at home. It always starts at home. What are your kids learning? Are they learning? Do they know to respect authority? You know, and I understand not every authoritative figure is, how do I put this? Without sounding like I'm bashing teachers either, but not all of the authoritative figures are respectful and they don't always do the right thing, but there has to be somewhere where they meet in the middle and they have a common ground where one is able to learn and one is able to teach, but we don't have that. So I will say, like I said, number one, it starts with the parents. Number two, it's the teachers as well. There is a handful of good teachers out there, but the problem is they don't have a good support system. I've seen some amazing teachers and I feel so bad because they don't have the support that they need, not from other teachers, not from admin, not from as far as budget. I mean, it is really bad out there. And I've seen this. And then you got the teachers that don't want to be there. It's just a job, maybe to pay the bills, or maybe I, I don't know. Sometimes I don't know why they're even there. They look frustrated. They're mad. And I get it, though. <laughs> when you have good teachers that are just burned out, that's different. But then there's other teachers like the teacher my son had who had no business being in the department she was in and the SPED department, special education, and she lacked compassion, she lacked empathy, and that is not the department she needs to be in. She got away with so much, and due to the teacher shortage, they didn't fire her. She got away with it. She got away with lying to me. She got away with not taking the class to electives. She got away with verbally abusing my son, being very rude to him. She got away with lying to me. And that all happened. And the assistant didn't even get fired. What she did was horrible. She mocked my son. She verbally abused him as well. She was the main one talking bad about me the day I recorded. She was talking bad about me right in front of him. I mean, this lady was venting about me throughout the whole day. I am a very observant parent. And I'm a great supporter of my son's teachers in the past. You know, I I take care of them. Like, I'll give them gifts. I will be there to volunteer. You need me. My son's being a handful. Text me. Tell me. Like, I'm very 
open with communicating with my son's team of people. And I knew that the public school system had been broken for a while. My son's elementary, he, the first few years, he had two very great teachers. And one of them, he was in a very special school that was for kids with autism. And they were such a great team. But unfortunately, this, that school only went up to first grade. Then when he got into the public school system in second grade, he had a great teacher for another year. Then she ended up retiring, went to another position. And then from there, he had a new teacher every year, every year up until seventh grade. And in between, there was even a teacher that would stay for a few months and then she quit and then another teacher came there was never any real structure in elementary and i would think geez what is the problem here <laughs> like why are they going through teachers like this why are they quitting well then i started working for the school district and i found out pretty fast why teachers were quitting and it's sad because a lot of them were new teachers and to quit so fast and leave the whole, you know, career path of teaching, something is definitely wrong. But then I saw what they go through and they have so much responsibility. Part of it isn't even their like direct responsibility, but they're pulled in that direction because of the shortage. So you'll have a teacher balancing their classroom, leaving the classroom, getting called to go to this meeting, getting called for this, or, you know, watching over another class. And then of course there's lunch duty and then there's this and there's that. And then there's conferences, like they're being pulled through different directions. So I will say this, if your child does have a good teacher, really appreciate them because they're far and few and they have a lack of support. And I've seen it. I've seen principals that do not care at all. They care about numbers and they care about how their image looks to the higher ups. And that's pretty much it. Yeah, I used to think very highly of my son's principal. I thought she was a woman of honor. I thought she was very uh, neutral, I thought. But then when the incident happened with my son, I very quickly found out how school districts would do anything to cover things up and not be, not handle things the way they should be handled and not have the empathy and compassion that is needed to go with the admin, you know, title that they have. And I found out very quickly and I found out very quickly how biased admin can be, you know, like the assistant principal at my son's school, she was very biased. I knew she was friends with the teacher that had committed this offense. And because of that, it made things a lot more difficult. And I knew, I knew right away that there was such this bias energy there. And I knew right away that it was going to be hard to get the services that my son needed. And also, for this teacher to have the consequences she needed to fix what was already broken. 
And honestly, at this age, when you're, when you're older, you know, how do I put this? You either have empathy or you don't. You can't, you can't grow it all of a sudden. I mean, you could probably learn some tactics to help you be a little bit more empathetic at times, but is it going to be genuine? Probably not. And that's what I mean. If you're working in the special education department, you definitely need that empathy. You need that compassion. If not, you're, if you don't have the patience also, you, you're not going to succeed in there and neither are the students that you have. So in on Facebook and different social media outlets, I've been a part of some groups, special education groups, SPED teachers, and this is going back to SPED outside of Jan Ed. Um, it's crazy. The comments I see and the post I see, these teachers are just burned out. And I feel so bad because these kids deserve so much more. And I believe that these teachers want to give it. But they don't have the support, not from admin, not as far as budget. Um, when you have a classroom full of special education students, you're going to have some that have extreme sensory issues. You're going to have some that have um, problems interacting. You're going to have some with behavioral issues. And not because I want to make this very, very clear. Most special education students aren't behaving badly because they're being bratty or they're being mean and they're being vicious. That isn't really the case. Usually they're acting out in these type of behaviors that seem mean or seem violent or seem, you know, um, they seem derogatory maybe, I don't know. A lot of the times it's deeper than that. If you get behind the real reason why that these behaviors are occurring, a lot of the time it's like a brain and body disconnect. The body is reacting off of, you know, lack of communication. They can't express themselves, sensory issues. Like, and, and I know this because my son has autism and with that comes the sensory issues. And I know when he's frustrated with something and he can't communicate, he will definitely act out. If you do not know any better, then you're going to think it's, oh, he's being a brat. And you're going to get angry. You're going to get upset. You're going to get in your feelings because you think that it's personal and it's not. So teachers are not trained behavioral therapists. They're not trained in that manner. And neither are the assistants. And then when you're in the classroom and you don't have good support, you don't have you know, assistants that are assisting you properly. You don't have admin that are checking in on you to see how things are going and what you need to be successful. Guess what's going to happen? You're going to get burned out and you're going to get frustrated 
and you're going to get upset because you're spending more time correcting behaviors than you are teaching and you're focusing on specific kids instead of all of them. And then usually what's happening is they're all in one classroom. So you're talking, um, say in middle school, you're talking sixth graders, so age 11, 12, 13, 14, all in a class that are all on different levels, different ends of the spectrum, some of them with autism, some of them with Down syndrome, some of them with, you know, just different, um, different cases that all need special attention. And then you have your assistants. And then if you, hopefully you even have good assistants that are very helpful because in the classes that I've been in, their assistants aren't very helpful. And you can go and report them and complain, but chances are nothing's even gonna get done about that either. So you're in this classroom, you don't have support, you don't have, you know, maybe some good assistance, maybe you do, maybe you don't, but still, it is hard. Then you're getting pulled out because of a teacher shortage for different things. And then SPED is different, special education is different because you also have to collect data on each student. You have to be very vigilant of every aspect of being a special education teacher. And there's just a lot that comes with it. And then you are teaching them life skills. You're te- you know, it's just a lot. And some of these teachers are getting so burned out and they are venting about it. And then it sounds almost offensive to a parent like me who sees it. But luckily I understand it. So I have more compassion toward it because I've been in the school district. But if I didn't and I heard a teacher, you know, venting about her frustrations, I would feel a little off <laughs> about my kid being there. Because I'd be like, man, is my child getting what he needs? Because clearly they're not. And that's the cold, hard truth is they are not. And then these parents do not know their rights. So they don't know really what's going on. They don't know, like my son's class, they were supposed to be going to their electives and they weren't. Well, that's illegal, first of all. They're supposed to be getting that time to get out of the classroom and interact with their peers and they were not now i don't know if the other parents didn't know that or um some of the kids were very verbal i don't know if they never said anything i don't know if it was you know asked or not but that's wrong and most parents don't even think that's wrong and then here's another topic that i'm going to get into back to special education. So you have these kids that are, how should I say this? I think some of them belong in a unit or they belong maybe in GEC, which is like, you know, the special education department where they'll pull them out to get help at certain times of the day and they'll work with them more one-on-one or or you know, just give them that extra attention that they may need. Some aren't getting that. And even like seventh graders, some of them are reading like on a third grade level. Some of them aren't absorbing what they're learning and they need the extra help. And I remember seeing this one, one child 
And he had autism. And I know he did because I had eventually ran into the parent. The parent told me the kid had autism. And I questioned, well, how come he's not in a unit? Well, they said that it'd be better for him if he was out in, you know, gen ed. And I was so confused by that because I would watch this kid during um, PE or during, you know, during passing periods. And he looked like he struggled a lot. And this parent told me, yeah, he's failing a lot. He fails a lot of the, the classes. And I'm like, huh. So it was brought up to the principal about this child that he, he needs more assistance. And you know what the principal said? No, he's fine. I'm for least restricted environment. He needs to be with um, his peers. Wow. So you're telling me him being with his peers is more important than his academics? So he's just going to struggle through all of his classes? And, you know, it's it was very visible that he had autism. And it was very visible that he was struggling um, even in PE and in all of those things in the passing periods, he always looked a little confused and my heart went out to him because all I could think about is my son. That could be my son. And if he was just out there like that, I, I, I don't know how I would handle it, but I know I would do something because he was falling through the cracks and so many other kids were falling through the cracks that I saw that needed the extra help and they weren't getting it. Now, I don't know how the parents felt about it. This one particular parent of the kid that I was talking about, I told her that she had some rights. And that's, I think, another issue. So issue number three, the parents do not know their rights. And that is a big problem, especially with special education. Know your rights. Understand that this school may not always have their best interest. And I genuinely mean that. And I don't mean to bash all schools because there are schools and principals and, you know, an academic team that does care at times. If you're a parent, do your research, know your rights, get involved, make sure they're going to their electives when they're supposed to. Make sure that their goals are being met. Ask for, you know, the data collection. Let me see what they've been working on. You know, when I found out everything that had happened with my son, I felt such mom guilt that it was all happening under my nose and I was being lied to. But most of all, I felt guilty because I'm over here being a substitute teacher, working with children with special needs, helping them do their work, uh, coming out with these little projects for them to do while my son's fallen through the cracks. I felt such mom guilt. And the best decision I ever made for him was homeschooling. He has advanced so much in these last few months that I've been working with him, I saw such an improvement and he needed so much one-on-one. -on -one, and I'm glad that now I'm able to give that to him. But it makes me angry inside because I probably should have done that a long time ago. But I trusted these people and I trusted the teacher and I trusted the system. And I was wrong. So... Let me keep going with the reasons why the public school system is broken. So first off, like I said, the students, 
the students aren't being respectful to authority. That's number one. And then number two, the teachers that don't care anymore. That's number two. Number three, parents not knowing their rights. And number four, again, 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 the lack of support for the good teachers. It is horrible. And I will go into detail again. There's just so many instances. I've seen teachers trying to use their own money out of their own salary, buying stuff for the classroom, extra tools. Don't even get me started on the SPED department because a lot of them need you know, specific things. And I've seen teachers get out of their own, like get necessary curriculum things off Amazon. You know, they bought this with their own money. And it breaks my heart because these kids need so much more and they're not given the necessary tools to succeed. And then the gen ed, same thing. I've seen, like I said, some good teachers go out of their way for like incentives for the kids because I'm in these chats and um, these social media groups and I see how burned out these teachers really are. And it's sad. It's heartbreaking. And they're closing down schools. They want to make the school days over here in Texas, in San Antonio, you know, Monday through Thursday, maybe having Fridays off. They're working on closing a bunch of schools down. I mean, this is a huge problem. And I don't think closing schools is going to solve any of them. In fact, I think it's going to make things worse. I could understand why teachers quit. And then we have another big problem. The bullying, the social media bullying. I can't even count how many times I've seen cops at schools for bullying incidents for um, social media incidents. So in middle school, a girl got caught in the bathroom doing God knows what <laughs> with herself and her friends. I don't, I don't know the details. And she recorded it with her phone. She sent it to a boyfriend. Guess what the boyfriend did in middle school? He sent it to everybody. And this was a really big deal. The cops were involved and it was investigated. Now, what is going on? <laughs> See, it's a little harder for me because my son has autism and I go through a whole different realm of issues and, and things of that nature differently. My son's mentality is not a normal 14-year-old boy. So maybe I don't know what it's like anymore. But this is not how I grew up. This isn't the, the, this is a different generation. This is a social media generation. And social media has everything to do with it. Kids do not understand about social media and how once it's out there, things are out there forever. <laughs> and am I kind of glad we didn't have social media growing up? Definitely. <laughs> That's one good thing about the generation I grew up in. There was no social media. Social media uh, popped off when I was already done with high school. Social media has such a strong influence on these kids. 
with TikTok, with Instagram, with Facebook. They're recording fighting. They're recording bullying. I feel like there aren't enough ramifications for the ones that get caught bullying. It has to be extreme, I believe, for them to get, you know, expelled. And I feel like it's such a norm. And that always worried me with my son because he wouldn't even have a clue if somebody was being mean to him. But guess what? His mom does. (laughs) I'm just very glad that I made the decision to homeschool. And I know that's not, that's not something that everybody can do. And if you're not, I would definitely say to get more involved. Understand maybe what your kid's learning and hopefully your kids aren't the ones that are falling through the cracks because there's so many of them that are, especially with this No Child Left Behind Act. I mean, they're just passing everybody and it's really sad. And I'm not saying that, okay, well, you should fail this person. You should fail this person. I'm saying we need education to be more tailored to each student's needs. And we can't do that with a broken school system. We can't do that with a teacher shortage. We can't do that with teachers that are burned out, that are barely getting through the day mentally. We can't do that when, you know, your children are being disrespectful to the teacher and to the assistants and to the substitute teachers. And I've seen and I've heard so many stories, uh, you know, as a substitute teacher of substitutes um, getting assaulted by student and teachers. I've seen lots of times they get cussed out. And then I've actually substitute te- um, taught, well, I wasn't really teaching, I guess, um, in what they call, um, oh, there's a name for it, OCI, which is like an in-school suspension type thing. And, you know, I sat there and if they don't want to work, they just put their head down and they'll go to sleep. And if they don't sleep, they'll just put their head down and they don't talk to anybody until school's out. They go get their lunch and they bring it back to the classroom and that's it. And in my eyes, my opinion, I don't feel that's like a big punishment. It might be, you know, of course they want to be with their peers, but um, for disrespecting a teacher or cussing one out, I don't feel like that's a fitting punishment, I guess. (laughs) I just feel like there needs to be more curriculum that's catered to each student a little bit more. But I know that's what I'm saying, cost of money, tax dollars. And I feel like these good teachers need a pay raise, (laughs) They need help. They need resources. They need support. The lack of support is appalling, especially from the principals. So what I say is this. Get involved. Be more vigilant. Know what your child's learning. And appreciate the good teachers out there. Because they are going through it right now. 
And like I said, it always starts at home. Talk to your kids. Make sure they're treating, you know, authority figures with respect. The respect to that these these authoritative figures um, are deserving of. Like I said, I know there's not there's not good apples everywhere. I know there's some bad ones. Be vigilant to that too. Know your rights as a parent. As a parent, you have the right to understand what's going on with your child, with your child's school, and where they should be at academically. You're their parent. You know them better than anybody. Look at everything as a whole and make sure your child isn't the one falling through the cracks because I guarantee you there's a lot of them that are and it's very sad because these are um, these kids are the future they are if your child is in special education I pray that they have good teachers with a good support system ask for the data collection that's one thing I learned with this whole incident with my son ask for the data collection, see what they're working on, get a visual of it. You know, it wasn't enough for me just to take their word for it because look, I was being lied to. Look at what your child's working on. If you see your child is regressing, speak up and say something and ask questions. That's what I saw with my child. That's how I started noticing things. That was a big red flag knowing that my son was regressing and she was telling me that he was improving. Appreciate those good teachers because they're far and few and they are trying to make a difference in your children's lives. And whether or not we want to face it, these kids are the future. (laughs) They do hold the key and how we treat them matters and how we treat these good teachers matter as well. Thank you for tuning in. And remember also, if you have a story and you would like to share your experience, don't hesitate to reach out to me. Thank you so much.